Hey, hey amigas. amigas! I'm Justine. And I'm Valerie. And this week's episode is all about Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The fugly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, we're actually excited for this episode, but also I think we're both, I don't know if I'm speaking for you, but a little nervous to get we're into nervous, this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were kind of debriefing just now like how kind of giving an outline as to how we're going to talk about this and we're both nervous yeah. we're just nervous gals we have we're, we have wine we have our glasses of wine yes, with us i never drink too so. mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's just a little scary because uh obviously it's it's a great holiday if you will acknowledging the sacrificial role that motherhood is yeah um but ha- we did want to acknowledge um the women or even the men who didn't really have maybe like a present mother in their lives or if their moms physically aren't here anymore Mm -hmm. or if you're just not close to your mom for personal reasons or or you are close but the relationship is toxic yeah yeah Yeah. there's a lot of it's messing you know it's like there are a lot of different factors that play into the complication of a mother mother mother-daughter relationship Mm -hmm. So we just want to acknowledge that. Um, and mother and son relationships too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that we were going to start off by reading some emails. Yes. Um, so last – wait, was it last it was week? A, no, it was a couple days ago. What, that I asked that we, for them? That we asked – well, that we announced – we're so dumb um that we like basically well our podcast that um aired today that we we said we were going to ask people to write in yeah for the dear mom yeah i will help you out there will this episode be after that then i don't know we'll figure it out i think so okay i'm pretty sure sorry guys we i swear we're 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 getting better each episode we record (laughs) we are getting our shit together um but yeah i'm pretty sure that the last episode we recorded we announced that we're going to be doing a dear mom segment so this hopefully is yeah correct yes yes so we're gonna (laughs) read some letters just a few um just in case you're listening for the first time and it happens to be this episode, we did ask for our listeners to send in emails of a letter they wanted to write their moms. It could be it could be great. It could be um, like a letter of gratitude. It could be hard. Of, yeah. It could be like yeah. a closure letter that maybe your mom will never get to hear or read. And I think we're, we, we're going to leave it anonymous, right? Yeah, I think we're going to leave them all anonymous. Um, I did ask um, – you know, whether you guys wanted to remain anonymous or not, and nobody really clarified. So just to be safe, I am going to yeah. keep everyone anonymous. Yes. Um, so we will go in first. And this is to just kind of show you an exact or a true example of what we're talking about just a second ago, that everybody's relationship with their mom can look so different from one person to the next. Like, it's super interesting. So yeah, um, I think I kind of want to start with – Hmm. We do have an intense one here, and I do kind of want to start with that because it's a little bit heavy, and then we can get a little bit lighter and lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right, just brace yourselves. This is this is a, a really hard one. So, yeah. um, this person wrote in, and they said to my ma, "I love you and I hate you. Why? Well, know you did what you did to keep us safe and taken care for. You failed me." While I understand why you stayed with him, you did the complete opposite of what a caring parent should have done during those times and turned the abuse towards us, too. You said it was so that we could learn and grow up, but our childhood was the thing, sorry, but our messed up childhood was the thing we needed to do just that. I think there was a typo there, but um, I am triggered by my children's behavior and Mm -hmm. every tantrum and meltdown. I feel like ripping my hair out. I want to be better for them. But your abuse clouds my mind when they need me the most. To my ma, I love you, but I hate what you've done to me. Gosh. Yeah. I I sad. feel like that's what's hard about having childhood trauma and then becoming a parent is like – and I've had a few of these incidents where you are triggered. Like something – like you either react in a way where you're like, oh my gosh, this is how my mom reacted 
or my dad or yeah. – um, Do you ever you, have like word for word something come out of your mouth yes. that your mom used to say and you're yes. like, oh my god, that it's, was so weird. It's so and, – and what's weird is like remembering as a child what that felt like hearing that yeah. and just being like, oh my gosh, are they going to feel this way about me? So like it's just – it's crazy but I just try to remind – myself or like even my friends who are going through that like we've had moments like that where we've like vented and just you know it's we're trying our best and as long as you are aware for the next time and can hopefully avoid that or just like reroute like find a different way to hopefully respond to that trigger um but it's definitely not easy so right it's almost like i don't know about you but for me i didn't realize that I was being triggered like when certain things would happen with my son with Hunter and I would react a certain way. It's like, whoa, like I'm being triggered by my own childhood Mm -hmm. with his behavior, which is so interesting. Um, But I've learned some heavy lessons when I've reacted in ways that like I wish I hadn't like by yelling at him or saying something. I'm like, whoa, like that the guilt of that is so heavy that the next time I feel like like kind of losing my temper um I always remind myself of what it felt like last time yeah and the guilt is never worth it so that's kind of like my way of learning that lesson and kind of undoing yeah that cycle does that make sense yeah and I think it's powerful for our kids to hear us apologize to them like I make it a point because my parents never apologize to me um and so yeah and I think like there's obviously power in an apology in a sincere apology and then we always tell Hendrix this which we're learning too like when you apologize it doesn't just mean you're saying sorry it means you're allowing change to happen for the next time Mm -hmm. and so Mm. um like Hendrix has been so sweet because he's Rio's like she's not a baby but I feel like she's still so young but like with Hendrix where he's older now he's like a full-grown child basically um we've had more time with him just you know, more time for like good days and bad days. And I haven't always been perfect with him. And um, just saying sorry to him if I – and I try to like ask myself like, okay, what is causing causing me to be either triggered or short-tempered in this moment, mm-hmm. you know? And if I am short-tempered, it's because I'm like trying to get work done or I'm like trying to do something stupid and I'm just easily inconvenienced by him. And I'm like, that's not fair to, to him. him, you yeah. know? And so I just – really make it a point to apologize and just if I am having a hard day I I think there's power in telling your kids like I'm having a hard day and Hendrix the sweet boy that he is says like okay mom I'll pray for you and <laughs> oh gosh and just funny. like yeah Aww. yeah yeah oh my gosh the other day sorry this is so random but just because he says the funniest things and then I'll read the next one but okay. he was uh where was I taking? Oh, I was taking them to the film shop. I was having to stock up on film because they were closed on the weekends. So I was like, okay, I have to go today. And um, I was asking him – or I was telling him like, we'll go get film and then I can take you guys to the park and we can play. And he was like, mom, I just don't have energy for that right now. Are you and it's, serious? And it's funny because I oh. say that. Like I say that to Zach all the time. I'm like, I just don't – like if Zach is trying to like talk to me about something serious, yeah. I'm like, I just don't have the energy for that right now. And I'm oh like, gosh. oh my gosh, Hendrix – literally is like repeating that because I say it in front of him. So yeah. like even though that was like a funny incident and was harmless, I'm like, whoa, our kids are watching us and hearing us and they are going to absorb anything and everything we say and yeah. do. So yeah, definitely. So, so if be you careful basically. Yeah. And and like just to like emphasize there is uh power in apologizing. We don't have to be these perfect moms. We don't have to I think it's a balance. I don't think we should withhold all of our emotions all the time. I think it's good for our kids to see that. I think it's good for them to see like adults have hard days too. But I think it's like obviously how you go about it. Like, And I think it's worth having that conversation with your kid, even if they're young, even if you don't think they're going to fully understand, just saying like, I'm so sorry. I was having a hard day. Like I'm going to try to be better now. Yeah. So Yeah. Anyways, that's my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. So here's this one. I feel like she would be okay with this. Are you okay? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's she's choking on wine. Choking on my wine. It's okay. It's all good. (laughs) Um. Okay. So this is this is one of my girlfriends. Um. Oh, she's so sweet. Okay. 
She said, hi, chicas. This is such a sweet idea, and I feel like I need to participate because I felt moved. I'm el- Oh, my gosh. I felt moved, too, when watching your stories. And this is in Spanish, so I'm just going to read it in Spanish. Para mi madre, gracias por ser la persona que eres. Siempre estás disponible para ayudarme y apoyarme en todas mis payasadas. Payasadas means, like, I'll translate it. Okay. Amas a mi hijo como si fuera tuyo. Todos los días trato de ser como tú. Eres la mejor mami en todo el mundo. Te quiero con todo mi corazón. Hoy gracias por enseñarme cómo hacer las mejores tortillas de harina. You guys can't hear me crying, but I am. Definitely will tell this to her later. I also want to praise you both for being the best moms. Aww, have the best day. Which she is also an amazing mother and is a single mom. And that is something we also need to acknowledge is mm. single mothers. Oh my God, you guys, God. how did we not talk about that? <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy like everything yeah. because my sister's a single mom and it's just, it's yeah. so intense. So, and yeah, like, yeah. you were raised by a single mom. Yeah, so. I was raised by a single mom of two. Oof, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, do you want me to translate? No. <laughs> I was like, I don't have to. I'm just <laughs> kidding, of course. I want to know what it says. Wait, did you say no. Pisces? Isn't that like a bad word? No, by like it's payasadas. Oh, payasadas. Payaso means clown. So payasadas oh. means this is a, a like a Spanglish. Oh my gosh, guy, what is happening? I sorry, I thought my phone was or my laptop. <laughs> wow, I promise we have it together. We're so scatterbrained today. It's we're fine. present, but we're like also all over the place. Okay, um, paisa means like it's kind of an insult, but yeah. it's also like. You could say it to – honestly, I heard a podcast the other day by these three Mexican guys. It is my favorite podcast right now. I'm going to shout it out. It's called IE and Friends. Uh-huh. These three – this group of guys, they um, live in the IE. Oh, and their sense of humor is just so familiar to me because, like, they're just, like – maybe they're offensive, but they are, like, just very unfiltered, like, Mexican humor. And they were saying – I was listening to their podcast the other day when I was driving to Malibu, and they were saying, like – Mexicans are the type who like they're probably the ones that get the least offended mm-hmm. and so like with that I'm saying like paisa it could be an offensive term but like you could also say it to like it's like referring to Mexicans right? yeah kind of yeah. like a like I, a redneck Mexican yes yeah right, yeah okay. but it's Same like if that. if you were to call I mean I guess if a white person were to call a Mexican paisa it would be offensive but like <laughs> but you'll but say we could say other. it to yeah. each other and yeah. it's like not like it's I like, actually Kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I like kind of wanted to get it tattooed on me, but I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, what she said was for my mom, thank you for being the person that you are. You're always open to help me and support me in all of my, this is where it gets tricky. So the literal translation is like, I guess, clown activities, but it's like, (laughs) I think she's saying like in all my like funniness or silliness or something. Okay. Um, you love my son as if he were your own. Um, every day I try to be like you. You are the best mom in all of the world. I love you with all of my heart. Oh, and thank you for showing me how to make the best handmade tortillas. Mm, that's so, so sweet. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. And I follow Aww. this girl and I are friends. We're homies. And um, she's very close to her mom. And her mom yeah. is so involved with her son. You could just see like the family love in her stories. That's and, so sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I love that. Thank you for writing us that. Yes. Um, okay. And then we have one more. This is from another – from a close friend of both of ours. Yes. Um, who we love so much. Like, I know. Um, I don't know. I feel like these ones don't need, need to be anonymous, but we'll just – we said they were going to be, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep it that way. Hey, amigos, um, here's what I would say to my mom. I hope you know how formative it was for me growing up and watching you read your Bible and pray every day. You never pressured or forced me to do the same. I just got to see you lead by example – and faithfully pray for your family and friends daily, which has taught me to do the same. The fact that you did not grow up in a Christian home, but chose to, to devote your home life as a mother to teach us about Jesus is truly amazing. I'm grateful that no matter what, your love for God is deep and impacts everyone around you. Thanks. Mm. I mean, she's not saying thanks to her mom, but like, yeah, thanks to thanks us. Thanks to us. It <laughs> <laughs> would be like an awkward way to like end a letter with your mom. But yeah, that was really sweet. I think like what she said, lead by example, like yeah. the little things that you do every day, like what we said earlier, your kids are watching, mm-hmm. they're absorbing this, they're going to remember. Yeah. So I think it's powerful to lead by example and 
Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That was so beautiful. Yeah. All three of you who wrote in, thank you for taking the time to do that. I did kind of ask very last minute to get to have some submissions. So if we ever do anything else in the future like that, we'll kind of give you guys more of a heads up and more opportunity to like take the time to write us in so we can read your stuff out loud. Because I feel like that's exciting to write into a podcast and then Mm -hmm. have them read it out loud. Like that's, I don't know. That's like like radio, like back in the day when like talk show radio was a thing. And (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's super rad. You so. would dedicate a song to like someone. You oh my know. gosh. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so I think we're just going to like get into how, yeah, how we perceive motherhood. Bear with us because Justine and I, if you don't know us personally, we we are criers. We, we get very easily in our feels and we've both, we've ha- definitely come a long way. Um, from how we were raised and just what we've been through. Um, there's a lot of trauma and out of respect for our moms, we're not going to get into crazy details. Um, not because we don't necessarily want to, or I think that's just out of respect for them and their characters, because at the end of the day, they are mothers not to, um, kind of like downplay what has happened, but, um, at this point, you know, you've made reconciliation with your mom. You've had that. So like since what, a year ago, right? Um, it was right during, well, yeah. I mean, when COVID started, we had a huge like thing. Like, yeah. I don't want to call it like a fallout, but kind of, we didn't talk for about six months and then yeah. we slowly mended our relationship and it's so much better than it was. But mm-hmm. I mean, I can get into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't you get into that? And I'll just kind of, I know, I know a lot of the details, but mm-hmm. I like would still love to ask questions if they come up. So. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I would like to start by saying that I love my mom very much and Oh man, it's, it's such a complicated relationship that we Mm -hmm. have. Um, but overall I do my best to have a healthy relationship with her. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard sometimes I catch myself behaving in ways that are like just out of hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, to, I think I'm easily triggered by her. Mm -hmm. And so if we go way back in time as a kid, um, my mom was a single mom. Um, I have a sibling. He's my brother. Um, It doesn't feel this way, but he is my half-brother. He has a different dad, obviously. And um, so, yeah, we grew up together with my mom. She was single. um, And as a kid who never had a dad or a dad figure in the home with my mom, I never really could understand the fact that she was a single mom because I never seen anything different. Mm -hmm. So it's not like she was married and then divorced or had any sort of stable relationship ever. Yeah, that was all you've ever known. Yeah. Yeah. So I off the bat never gave her credit for that because like, I'm just like, what? You're my mom. Like, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, As a teenager, I developed feelings that my feelings were kind of like that. But anyways, as a kid, I just always wanted my mom's approval. And I know that her childhood was, I'm out of respect for everybody. I'm not going to talk about her childhood other than it was horrible. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, with that being said, it's like not having that backstory as a kid and as a teenager and as a young adult, like, there's just so much context missing as to like why my mom was behaving the way she was behaving, the things she said, the things she did. Um, you know, it was to kind of be surface level. It was very negligent and it was very verbally abusive. And, um, you know, as a young girl, you want your mom to be present. You want your mom to acknowledge that you're doing good or to show up for things, Mm -hmm. um, to say that they love you. (laughs) It's going to be really hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> and to just like, I was constantly trying to get that from her and trying all these different methods or like ways to impress her, like just begging for her attention. Yeah, basically. like notice me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like not really ever getting it. Um, and then just getting this short temper out of her. And it just like was really painful as a kid. Um, and I just remember things kind of escalating. I don't remember too much from a lot of my childhood like before 11 years old Mm -hmm. but I definitely remember a lot from like 
the time I hit puberty around sixth grade is when like I started my period and stuff like that. And I mean, I will give this example, like just to kind of give you guys context, like the, I remember the day I started my period. I mean, that's like a big moment in Mm -hmm. every woman's life and (laughs) it's scary as a kid, whether you know what a period is or not, like it's Mm -hmm. freaky, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I remember the date that that happened and I was with my best friend, Amanda, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I think I started my period. How old are you? um, I was uh, 12. Oh my gosh, you started so early. Yeah. So I was in six, no, I was 11 because I started in sixth grade. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (gasps) Wow. 11. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I called my mom and she was at work and I remember saying like, hey, like I was crying. Aww. And I said, I think I started my period. And she yelled at me and she said, what do you mean you think? I remember that mm. like, she didn't yell at me. She said it like that, very condescending. What do you mean you think you started your period? Either you did or you didn't. And like that was just to like give you an idea. Like, yeah. and that was like the nicer, you know, version yeah. of it. And so – those are moments like we were talking about a little bit ago where it's like as children, I mean, maybe for her, she was in the middle of work. Mm. Something happened that day. I don't know. And mm-hmm. she had no patience. But for me as a kid, and that's not okay, by the way, like the mm-hmm. way she talked to me, that was like a big yeah. moment for me. Coming yeah. to my mom scared, not knowing what's mm-hmm. happening with my body. and just Because yeah, be- you're vulnerable looking for like a safe place and yeah, to right. be – automatically blamed or felt like feel humiliated I should say yeah yeah yeah. and I felt like I was in trouble and I remember she's like you know anyways so just things like that and so after you know I I mean just the things she said to me just really knocked down my self-esteem um I just didn't feel loved and I didn't feel uh, pretty Mm -hmm. I didn't feel good Mm -hmm. I didn't feel good enough and Ugh, it was awful. And um, yeah, so as a teenager, that hurt and sadness developed into anger mm-hmm. and like kind of escaping. And I wasn't like a huge rebel, but I wasn't like, I mean, I like to go to shows and listen to music and hang out with my friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just started getting mad and I started, you know, I've always had journals and I, my journals would just say things like, I hate her. Mm-hmm. I hope she dies. Like, you know, crazy, mm-hmm. angsty mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> teenage feelings and stuff like that. And I just always wonder, like, you know, she's, I just thought she was like evil and like so mean and like mm-hmm. that she hated me and I hated her. Mm-hmm. And just these, I don't know, just lo- her losing her temper and just saying these, these really messed up things. I just never really understood it. So, um, you know, I became a young adult and I just like, we had a relationship. We would hang out and every time we hung out, we like fight mm-hmm. or she would just say things to me like unwarranted or what's the word I'm looking for unsolicited advice Mm -hmm. um or just talking about like the acne on my face or Mm. um just annoying stuff that I did not ask and the moment I would react it was like whoa like calm down (laughs) you know (laughs) gas Mm. gaslighting basically yep and it was hard to have a relationship with her it was hard to hang out with her yeah but I was so I didn't realize this until COVID. I was so codependent on my mom's approval mm-hmm. that I was never getting and never gonna get. Um, and that's why I kept going back to her. That's why I kept hanging out with her. And it didn't matter if we fought every time we hung out. It didn't mm-hmm. matter if she would say things that were hurtful. It was I was like waiting for that time that we would hang out and like I would get the approval, mm-hmm. and it never happened. And I just grew really sick of it. You know, I had my son. Mm-hmm. And something about having your own kid, I think you can explain this better than I can. So I'll let you do that when your turn comes. But something about having a kid really is triggering. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say you have this kid and you're like, I'm triggered. Like, get this thing away from me. It's amazing experience. But you also get triggered by so many things. Mm-hmm. And things come up that you didn't even like, like, what do they call them? Unlocked memories yeah. or like triggers. And you're like, whoa, yeah. like, I didn't even know this was a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then I also, in having a kid and facing really tough days and really intense challenges with my son where like I felt at my wits end, but I chose to mm-hmm. not verbally abuse mm-hmm. and I chose to collect myself and walk away mm-hmm. um, because I thought of all the times that you know, 
my mom lost it on me and said mm-hmm. things to me that mm-hmm. are still with me mm-hmm. that I work on on a very regular basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because the the things that she said and did are impactful. You're a child, you're still developing your self-esteem and mm-hmm. you're you're navigating your way through life and like who you are as a person and you have your your mom is like they're the one who, I mean, your parents build you. I yeah. mean, I don't know how else to explain it. Mm-hmm. And so I've just really tried, you know, I've had my mo- moments that I can count on one hand that I'm not proud of with Hunter. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> this is where I cry, but uh, <laughs> mm. the, I'm so proud of myself for yeah. the trauma that I've endured and yeah. like having a kid and like not, like I refuse mm-hmm to pass the trauma down I yeah. if it's generational trauma like i'm not doing that to him yeah. it's not gonna happen and i'm very um i'm not perfect mm-hmm. that's not what i'm saying but like um abuse is just not in the picture and it's never yeah. going to be i refuse yeah um so you know um i had my son and pandemic hit we all had time to think we all had um yeah <laughs> i mean i felt like as it first began like I don't know how you were during the beginning of the pandemic emotionally but I think it brought out a lot of things and a lot of people Mm -hmm. like yeah oh yeah yeah had time to think yeah things were different and um, because you're like the busyness stopped for everyone and you were forced to think about all the things (laughs) you have either been purposely ignoring or things that were like I don't know just on your mind subconsciously that you never thought of so like yeah it was I 2020 was rough for I know so many people who have gotten divorced. Oh wow. Um during 2020 or right after. Okay. And I think it just really brought out like I don't know. I don't want to say the worst in people but just kind of like a oh wow, this is our life, you know. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um yeah, so I don't know what brought it up, but I just I something was like hitting me. I remember one day during the beginning of the pandemic with my mom and I confronted her about the like big, big things that stood out to me the most in Mm -hmm. my childhood. Like, Hey, you know, you straight up did this Mm -hmm. and she would not acknowledge it. And I'm like, no, but this is a memory I have that I lived and you neglected me in this department. And this is what I didn't have on a daily basis. Like, I just want you to know, I know, I remember that. And like, I just want you to say sorry. Mm -hmm. I just want you to acknowledge or explain to me. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's an explanation for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to understand. And she just kept saying, I did not do that. I said, yeah. And I was like, yes, you did. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, then whatever. Like, I don't want, I basically didn't want a relationship with her if she wasn't not going to acknowledge my reality as a Mm -hmm. child. And she eventually came to like, if I did that, I don't know why. I don't know why I would do that. And I don't remember it, but I am sorry. And it felt good enough, but it still kind of was like almost there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, I think more and more just kept coming up and we had this big explosive fight. Mm-hmm. And I didn't talk to her for like, gosh, I want to say six or eight months at all. Yeah, Nothing. I remember that. Yeah, and it was hard because yeah. like – we went from talking like every other day, like we were calling each other on the phone constantly and we would hang out and stuff. And it was weird and it was painful at first. And it felt like um, unplugging like something from my heart or like, mm-hmm. I know that sounds corny, but something felt unplugged and like empty, but it all, it started to feel one day liberating. And it was confusing because it's like, I knew I don't want my mom out of my life forever, but I can't have this relationship with her. And then one day I realized like, oh, I'm codependent upon my mom, like literal codependency because I would achieve things during the pandemic, like my candle business blowing up and I wanted to call her and be like, hey, I did this or like something else good would happen Mm -hmm. or with Hunter and I want to be like, hey, guess what happened? And what would happen in the past when I would do stuff like that is I wouldn't get the approval. Yeah. And it would dictate how I could feel about that accomplishment. Yeah. It was codependent. Yeah. So yeah. it takes um, away, yeah, your excitement and your like 
your sense of being proud of yourself right. for that accomplish- yeah. accomplishment. Yeah. I was letting her dictate whether I should be proud of myself or yeah. not. And I didn't realize that until I cut the cord. Yeah. So that was a really like, I mean, I'd pay a million bucks to, to learn that lesson all over again, like mm-hmm. had I never learned it. Mm-hmm. And it was really like freeing just knowing, okay, here's the, the root. The biggest problem in our relationship is my codependency upon her. And then when I learned not to be codependent on her and to approve of myself, be proud of myself. And then I learned to not look for approval from anybody yeah. but me. I mean, mm-hmm. it feels good to be approved of by your friends and stuff yeah. like that, but I don't need it. And it, when someone disagrees with me now or someone disapproves now, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like it sometimes might sting a little bit, but it's nothing. It used to be such a great pain for me to have people disapprove yeah or there would be people as crazy as this is like of my mom's age like at the gym or Mm -hmm. somewhere I think I was telling you about this and like if they were rude to me or like I was trying to have a conversation and it felt like they weren't approving of me like that was intense for me yeah I'm like that's that's literally my problem my biggest issue in life yeah oh interesting I would love Mm -hmm. to know more about that Mm -hmm. um so yeah and it was and I, even though learned, I learned to not be codependent upon my mom, I was at the gym this one time, I was trying to talk to this lady and she was not friendly with me. Yeah. And I was like, damn, like, what the heck? And every time we were working out, I'm like, well, what should I say to her this time? Yeah. And then I was like, where, one day I literally was like, where the hell <laughs> is this coming from? And what is my problem? Mm-hmm. And I was like, my mom mm-hmm. and getting that approval, like this lady's like her age and all this stuff. And I was like, I don't need her approval. Mm-hmm. I don't need anyone's approval, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I have learned since that like little realization, like just walking around life, like the moment, like I'll still have those moments, but I'll snap out of it literally in like 10 seconds ago. I don't need the approval of this person. Yeah. I don't know her. She doesn't know me. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's like been one of the most freeing, like, yeah, I, yeah things that I've learned. And it took 30 some odd years for me to learn how to feel that way yeah and to not seek approval from other people because nobody i mean anyone listening it's like at the end of the day i mean don't go around doing horrible things and like i approve of this and like right you know what i mean but like if you're doing your best and you're accomplishing goals and doing a b and c like at the end of the day you just have to be feel i think right within yourself about the Mm -hmm. things that you're doing and um that's kind of all that matters so Mm -hmm. um and today um just to kind of tie this all together. Yeah. Um, I do have a relationship with my mom now and there's still some things unresolved, but I've learned a lot from my mom about her childhood when she exploded on me during the pandemic and Mm -hmm. she kind of let it all out. This is what I went through. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, holy moly, like, whoa, I did not know that. And so it just gave me all this context. And I'm also, you know, want to acknowledge and like we're so all the trauma my mom's been through you know there's that and there's all the trauma you've been through Mm -hmm. right and then there's the trauma i've been through um from my mom to sexual assault Mm -hmm. um and abusive boyfriends right Mm -hmm. so i've gone through all these things and it kind of how do i explain this those things always sit with you they don't go away Um, They get easier. You cope with it. You find ways to like find the weird positives from them, but they don't disappear. Like, let's just be real. And then you have a child. Mm -hmm. Like, so you have all this trauma and then you have all, then you have a child. So Mm -hmm. you know yourself better than anybody, right? And you have kids and that's a big responsibility when you have trauma. Yeah. And it's no different for our moms and our grandmas. Like, does that make any sense? Like, it's so crazy to me that people have kids. (laughs) It is crazy. Like, like everyone with the child has been through some something. So everyone has trauma, I think. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think it's wild to me that like we, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm not making sense, but I'm tripping out right now just thinking about the great responsibility of the children, the duty that comes with being a parent and being like, okay. And navigating that with our trauma. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so it gives me a lot of room, a lot of compassion and for my mom. Yeah. And sorry again, (laughs) you guys can hear when I start crying, but like 
yeah did the things she said and did were they okay no did they Mm -hmm. hurt yeah they still hurt i still hear her voice sometimes Mm -hmm. when i look in the mirror you know and i'm having a hard day with body image issues or with my acne at 34 years old but like she was just her own person with her own trauma doing the best that she could do with what Mm -hmm. she had and i forgive her Mm -hmm. i do forgive my mom i forgive her and i love her and um there's still work to do but like yeah that's kind of my mom in mm-hmm. a nutshell and and my relationship in a nutshell that's not really a nutshell it's a big mm-hmm. <laughs> a big big thing and um i don't want to take up too much more time but to get into can i just keep tying this into how it affects mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah so mother- i think that's the point of it is like this is why we perceive mother's day mother's day or being a mom in general yeah mother's day should be every day but (laughs) (laughs) just be the work like literally what you're talking about right now Mm -hmm. you know and the trauma that every parent goes through and then yeah you like wake up and you're like okay cool went through all that now i need to be the best version of myself for my child yeah (laughs) it's a lot it's huge huge. yeah yeah um like perce- my perception on Mother's Day is like I've never really put much thought into this until actually earlier I was like kind of asking myself something but I feel like there's two directions or ways you can perceive Mother's Day and it's how you give on Mother's Day and how mm-hmm. you receive on Mother's mm-hmm. Day right so giving is not a problem I don't have any resentment towards my mom on Mother's Day like I'd like to grab a you know food with her yeah. and celebrate in some way um and for me receiving there's a big issue there um like i remember one mother's day i worked Mm -hmm. um at the dog grooming but i was like oh it's not a big deal i'll just work like i remember that yeah crazy (laughs) well i regret it i was sad the whole day i was like why am i working like Mm -hmm. i want to feel celebrated and then um i remember like just each year that's passed matt really does try he's like what do you want to do you want to do something do you want a gift and or and this year he did great he said do you want a gift do you want to do something together or do you want to have a day to yourself where you get pampered <laughs> like gave me all the options and i'm like uh, i You're don't like, know can i do all three <laughs> no, or that. Same day. no actually for me it's hard i don't know i literally yeah. freeze up i'm like he probably gets not irritated but like is like oh what is your problem because i will avoid <laughs> I'm like, hey, I can't right now. I'm working. I'll think about it and let you know. Yeah. And I'm trying to think about it, but it's just I can't process like what I even want. So he brought it up again yesterday and he is like, hey, so Mother's Day, like, would you like to go somewhere with me? And like your mom can maybe watch him and stay the night with him. And I'm like, I don't <gasps> I don't know. I have an idea. Oh, really? Yeah. What is it? Do you want me to tell you? Sorry, I don't yeah. mean to interrupt. OK, what if because it's on a Sunday, so uh-huh. I know you guys don't have work. Yeah. What if we like breakfast with the family because it's like i don't know about you but i'm like oh sign me up for a day alone i don't need any of y'all okay, like but, bye but see, i, lo- <laughs> I low-key do feel that way but i feel guilty okay so i was gonna say it is kind of like oh i feel guilty for like wanting that but mm-hmm. it's it's mother's day like we should feel pampered and spoiled it's it's a very special day and i don't think you should necessarily feel obligated to like hot i don't know that might be selfish but i'm also like very quick to treat myself in that way i'm like bye guys yeah but um okay so what i was gonna say was you don't have to spend it with me but i'm like this would be fun Wait, to do it together I do you know what i'm it with you i want to spend it with you <laughs> Okay, so that's easy. Okay, okay. Like, okay. Wait, wait. So this is what I was going to say. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Okay, but Zach and Matt would have to think fast. Okay. Okay. So I was going to say, what if we just did like – All of us? Church breakfast. Yeah, or oh, yeah. like separate, Sunday. whatever. Uh-huh. And then you and I went to Glen Ivy. <laughs> it's not like a fart. Yeah, so it was the couch. Oh, my gosh. I just threw my whole body back. <laughs> I would like that, actually. That would be, I've never been. It's like – because we've been talking about going uh-huh. and this is literally the perfect opportunity to be like, we're going to go get massages. We're going to go to the spa. Do you think there will be room for us? Like, don't you think it's going to be That's what I'm saying. In? They should. I think you have to make reservations. Okay. So they need to think fast. Ooh, okay. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's, let's do the details after we yes. record because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll spend it. Okay. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I want with you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> It's fun oh getting pampered with no, your friends. That would be so cool. And like the fact that you're a mom too, it'll feel like, okay, we're both getting away as mom. Like, I don't yeah. Know, oh, oh, for sure. I'm so pumped now. But yeah. We so should do I that. Do. Okay. 
I do have a hard time receiving <laughs> yeah. on Mother's Day. Yeah. I don't know what that is yeah. if I don't feel like worthy or like what the issue is, but I'll go to Glen Ivy with you and feel like the queen of the world. Oh, so, yes. Yes, um, please. But yeah, I don't know if that ties into to like childhood or trauma or something like that where like as a mom I don't feel like I don't know I kind of freeze up when yeah. it comes to celebrating me as a mom yeah I don't know what that is so mm. anyways that's that's on me so um thank you for sharing that was yeah. I know it's so hard did and you cry um or no I no you rub your eye. oh <laughs> I had an eyelash oh. <laughs> heartless I, I completely heartless <laughs> um i think it's because i already knew this stuff yeah I, for the most part fine. so like not to like take away the emotion out of <laughs> honestly i've cried i'm not joking i've cried so much this entire past week and a half that yeah. i feel like there's nothing left nothing left like that episode of like spongebob where he's like <laughs> out of the water and he's just dehydrated and gross do you remember that he's like all so. like that's how that's I feel you, right now right yeah now. so oh, i'm hydrating my with my wine and my water i've cried a lot too because <sighs> Just a lot of reasons. Life, life makes me cry. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, we should make a T-shirt. That's oh, that is a great T-shirt. <gasps> life makes, life me, makes cry. me cry. It's oh so my gosh! Depressing, but oh funny. Okay, so I'll just I'll just get into it. Um, again, I'm going to add out of respect for my family and my mom. I just won't go into extreme detail. Um for like what has happened in our family. It's just not – it's my experience, but it's not exactly like my story to tell. So it's kind of kind of a little bit of a disclaimer, but um, I still want to share as much as I can. So um, – Long story short, and just to give context, I was always close to my mom growing up. Um, as a kid, I was very close to her. I had really intense issues with my dad. He was just someone who was very unhealthy. My entire upbringing was very angry. Um, and now as an adult, I'm like realizing like, oh, it's because of generational trauma and being an immigrant and then going to a country where you don't really speak the language or, you know, it's just a different culture. So like obviously – and then just like the, the stress of like working and being an adult and being human, it's a lot. And then not ever really acknowledging or entering a healing journey or anything. So anyways – um. I was always close to my mom and um, in 2008 we had an incident in our family that basically tore our family apart. And so uh, my parents had divorced. They were married for 20 years um, and that same year she had remarried someone else and so it was just a lot of change in the family. Um, and at that time my dad was just like in a really – unhealthy, unstable mental state. And so I just had cut communication with him. And um, also I was like dating someone that he just did not approve of. So that was like way more incentive. But um, I just – yeah, during that time I was hurting from everything that happened and I was just – I was 15 years old when everything happened, when the change happened in our family. And so um, I I think when I was 16, I, I just like really hit a rebellious phase and I was always in trouble at school. My mom worked at my school, so she would always find out what I was up to. And this obviously caused us to butt heads a lot. And so um, she was someone who to, till this day, teaches me to be very strong. She teaches me to keep it together and to be strong, to be tough because life is hard and you just have to roll with it, you know. And a part of me does appreciate that. I don't ever want to be stuck in like any type of like victim mentality. Um, 
so in a weird way, I, I appreciate that. Like it kind of helps me have perspective for other people who are really going through it. And that's something too that she like literally said word for word. Like people are going through way harder things than you. So you can't like complain about like what's happening. And although I believe a like part of that to be true, I just feel like I'm learning this as an adult, but I, I'm definitely realizing that my whole life I have been dismissed from my emotions. Like I wasn't allowed to feel sad or feel hurt or feel anything because someone always has it harder. And um, I know what she like meant by that, but as an adult, it has affected me because now I'm like, I have a hard time like processing my emotions. I dismiss my own emotions because I'm like, well, someone's really going through it right now. Like I can't complain, you know, and I am a feeler. And so I'm just trying to learn the balance of feeling those things, but also like giving myself space to feel those things and then kind of getting like my shit together and being like, okay, now, now what, you know? And, um, yeah, high school was just hard because, uh, sorry, I kind of went on a tangent, but, um, high school was hard. We drifted apart. We were constantly fighting because of how rebellious I was being. And then when I, um, I like found my faith, like right before graduating and my mom, I mean, we grew up in the church. And so that was something that my mom was always like, praying about. And I think a huge part of it was just me being a stupid teenager. I don't think it was ever really like me wrestling with anything like crazy aside from like the traumatic things that happened in our family. Um, But I think that brought a lot of peace to her. And when I graduated, I moved out and that was it. Like she was happy for me. I kind of ended on a good note. Um. So when I moved down to Orange County, I was living with Bailey, my best friend. And um, I this is like the first time that I had financial freedom. I was working. I was driving. I didn't have any rules, you know. And so um, I never did anything crazy. And I immediately started talking to Zach. We started dating, got engaged. Everything was moving fast. Um, I did gain a lot of weight though. Uh, just like the typical freshman 15, like I just like no rules. Like I'm just going to like stay up till 2 AM and eat whatever. And, um, for the, I've like, I've been petite my entire life and my family, my mom and my grandma have always like been worried like that I wasn't eating enough, you know, and that's just a Latino thing. Like you're not eating enough or you're eating too much. Like they're is constantly, people are constantly commenting, your family is constantly commenting on your physical appearance. And that was something that was really hard for me to go through because um, even though I grew up hearing the opposite, I still grew up hearing things about my body and like, you should worry about what people think about you. You should make an effort to like look a certain way or be a certain way which is so funny because like, I mean, we talk about, you know me, I talk about the Enneagram all the time, but like I'm a three and like the unhealthy part of being a three is like you worry way too much about what people think. Like you put your your worth in people's opinions of you, which is so interesting and kind of what you were saying earlier, like striving to like get your mom's approval. That was like kind of how I felt. And at the time I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought it was like, okay, normal, whatever. I grew up hearing this my entire life. My mom said the same thing to my sister. Um, and, um, I was talking to my friend one time and she was like, she was the first person to be like, that is not normal. Like no one should be commenting on your weight. Like what the heck? And I was just like, whoa, like, that was kind of when I had that like realization, like, okay, noted, this is not normal. (laughs) Um, and so anyways, like now I feel like I'm at a point in my adulthood where I'm just like, honestly reevaluating everything that happened, every conversation, every situation. And it's hard because at the time I didn't 
give myself the time to process or like speak out against things that now it's like, okay, I made it normal for so long to myself because I never said anything that now it's like really played a vital part in me as an adult and my role as a mom. And so I don't want to make this like a super long thing and I'm trying not to get really emotional or into detail, not because I don't want to, but again, just like respect for my family, like, which is hard because I am an open book. I love to share things just so I can connect with people. But um, these are just things that like I can't, but just, yeah, I just, um, I've been going through a lot emotionally as of lately and just been thinking about all these things, like what growing up with like a religious critical mom has been like, you know, and as a kid, me thinking it was normal and me being really close to her and her being my safe place. And now I think things really changed when I became a mom because then whatever she was saying was about how I parent and like what my kids are saying and doing. And she's like super grandma. She spends so much time with them. She loves my kids. I'm so thankful. She is just awesome with them. And I'm grateful that they get to grow up with their grandma. Like I had the joy of do, of growing up with my grandma. So anyways, um, I think it's like hard as a mom now because I'm like, I'm being critiqued, but now it's like projecting onto my kids too. And so, um, yeah, I just, I guess like Mother's Day feels a little bit differently for me this year because I, there's a lot of healing that I need to find. And a lot of it is um, like forgiveness for things that have happened. A lot of it is recognizing like the generational trauma, the cycles, the super unhealthy cycles. And um, as much as I love my culture, there are things that are really hard about it. And I kind of, I mean, I already mentioned this, it's just like the, the constant like body shaming, you know, or the constant like need to be like, you look like this or you don't look like this and you should, you know? And, um, it's just, it's hard. It's really hard feeling critiqued all the time, but at the same time, she is someone who has taught me to be very, very strong. And I'm thankful for that. Um, she's the strongest person that I know. She's been through a lot, like her and my book and my dad both have. And I think me, like now that I'm a parent, I like understand that they were the way they were when I was younger because they were just two people who were hurt and were trying to heal from their own traumatic experiences and upbringing. And I hope that they both find healing in that because like they're just, they're, you're only getting older, you know? And so, um, I'll just kind of leave it at that and maybe another time we can just like dive more into generational trauma. But um, yeah, I'm on my own journey of healing and forgiving. And um, on one end, I have a lot of like compassion for my mom because she she did her best. She literally did her best no matter how messed up certain things were that was that were said to me or done to our family like she did her best and her intention is never to hurt me i know that she loves me um and i guess like moving on kind of like plan of action like i these are conversations i need to have with her which is like really scary um but I, I owe that to her and I owe that to myself to have these conversations and to just try to make things right or just bring some perspective to things. So I just have a lot of grace for her and I hope that she can find that. And um, I hope she doesn't pass that critique to my kids. That's <laughs> like – that's when the mama bear in me will come out. And I think it's different though like having a grandparent relationship. I, I feel like as a grandparent you do all the things – you wish you did or you don't do all the things yes. you wish you didn't do as a parent oh my god that same yeah. with my mom the way i've seen my mom be a grandparent to her grandkids 
I I actually used to resent when it was just my niece was the firstborn of so there's me and my brother like I said mm-hmm. earlier and then my niece is like gosh I think she's nine now um but you know she's the for, first grandkid and I used to get I don't want to call it get jealous because like I love my niece that sounds right. really weird but the way my mom would just mother her almost and like just baby her and like was so gentle and soft mm. with her and spoiled her, I would just be like, why didn't you treat me like that? Yeah. Why didn't you talk to me like that? Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Or so, like, why don't you still, why don't you talk to me like that right now? Right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I thought I've had the same thought where I'm like, I think you're making up for, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think it's like something that we do, we try to do well is like including our kids in like the realness of life. There, obvi- there obviously has to be a balance. You can't just like, because my my parents, well, my mom didn't have a good balance with that. She would either overshare with me like the details that were happening or yeah. not tell me anything. And then I like felt like I was blindsided when I found out something else was really happening. Yeah. And so that's just a balance we want to have with our kids is like including them in the process, but not oversharing and not making them feel like, oh, there's nothing to see here. You're fine. Run along. Like <laughs> – Again, kind of what we said at the beginning of the episode, like if I'm having a bad day, like I want to include my kids in that and say like, I'm so sorry. Like I don't want to take this out on you. Like, you know, just being transparent with them. And so um, instead of finding yourself impatient and then snapping at them and then like have them feeling like kind of what you're saying, like, oh shit, like what did I do? Like I'm the one to blame, you know, for their bad day. So anyways, I feel like I'm just like rambling now because I – there's so many thoughts just like going through my head but hefty chunky yeah gigantic topic but and there's so many things to dissect from this like it's not just like one big story and that's it like I feel like there are so many tangents I can go on with everything that I've shared but for the sake of time and just like (laughs) for like the episode theme like I just don't find it relevant but um yeah I just I feel like if I don't think my mom would be listening because she doesn't know how to use technology or <laughs> I don't know. But if she's listening, I love you and I know you did your best and you are a strong woman and strength means being vulnerable and strength means owning up to things you've done and mm-hmm. allowing forgiveness to take place. And strength also means just crying and telling people, you know, like, I love you. Yeah. And I'm proud of you. Yeah. So. Agreed. 100%. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, man. I, yeah, even though this, uh, so we'll kind of, are you good? Are you good? I'm good. I'm basically done. I I feel like I'm like processing out loud right now. And I'm like, (laughs) this isn't a time for me. I should have journaled before, but. No, you're good. Um, Yeah. So like this, I, even though this is a really pretty heavy episode, like I'm really excited for this. And I think. I mean, hopefully, I'm thinking we'll get a lot of feedback from people. Yeah. Um, hopefully, this impacted someone, someone, someone in one way or the other. Um, maybe you can relate to things that we're talking about, mm-hmm. or you've experienced similar situations growing up, or your relationships, or, or maybe not. And yeah. if your relationship with your mom is great, um, maybe this can help you to like become more compassionate towards people who do have strained relationships with their parents and like Mm kind of help you understand like I don't know I I feel like it gives context to like I have hard days filled with anxiety and like here's all the context that you needed to like you know what I mean yeah yeah anyway um I wanted to share a quote real quick that I found and I'm going to share this quote to hopefully if you guys are experiencing trauma and you guys are parents or just like understanding and maybe reliving the trauma that you went through. Um, I wish we had like a, like a sponsor for like therapy or something oh like, like gosh. better therapy or like better psychology help today or, or whatever better help. Yeah. Um, but there's a quote or not a quote, but just like a thing that says, Families with a history of unresolved trauma, depression, anxiety, and addiction may continue to pass maladaptive coping strategies and distrustful views of life onto future generations. So that's not just saying if you're an addict or if your parent was an addict, you're going to be an addict. It's literally even talking about 
anxiety, which is something that we feel so easily. Everyone experiences anxiety. And so the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I want to like, just let you guys know that if you are currently struggling with anything or any triggers, I know that like, I honestly didn't go through any of anything that I'm feeling right now until I became a parent. And then as I'm approaching 30, a lot of things are just changing in me where I'm just like, whoa, like I feel like I'm just like, there's a lot of unresolved trauma or like a lot of just healing to take place. Like a lot of things that I have acknowledged, but just like continuous healing. Healing, I feel like is a forever journey. Like you don't just hit a point where you're like, okay, I'm healed from that. And that's it. Like, that's why the word trigger exists is because things come up that remind you of that pain. And you're like, oh my gosh, how do I move on? Not move on from this, but like, where do I go now? And so I just wanted to like share that so that if you are a parent who, or someone who's experiencing like unresolved trauma or anxieties around mother's day, it's okay to get help. Mm -hmm. Um, do what you have to do, set boundaries, yeah, and be self-aware. Yes. So perfect. All right. Ah. Amigas. Okay. I feel like I'm ready to just that's a rock. crawl yeah, into bed I and know. just <laughs> knock just out for twelve sleep hours. Sleep it all away. Sleep <laughs> all the, the sadness away. Um, all right. Well, thanks. If you guys are still with us, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, feel free to share your thoughts if you feel like it. You can always DM yeah. us or reach out. Please but... DM us. We've yeah. been getting we keep we keep saying this every episode. We love the DMs we get, we but like literally we love them. Yes. We talk about them right before we record. So. Yes. Alrighty then. Okay. Um, until next time. Bye. Bye, guys.